There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. It's bursting with fruit flavor, no added sugar, and all smiles. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible. And with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on my favorite shows with. Yes, Lil Bowen. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, keeping me feeling great all day long. You deserve that. Try new bubbly bursts. You know that I feel like it's really important to express yourself. I know that about you. You got to put your true self out there, okay? And those classic Crocs, clogs, and sandals let you do just that. Between the rainbow of colors and the gibbets charms, you can create a unique look. And I mean, literally, no one else will have shoes exactly like yours. Hey, you know, it doesn't get more comfortable than Crocs, clogs, and sandals. They're just the perfect blend of comfort and creativity. Visit crocs.com to explore the latest styles and gibbets charms. Hi, I'm Matt. And I'm Bowen. And we want to introduce you to the new cantina menu at Taco Bell. Ooh! It's an all-new chicken menu with fresh new ingredients. Great as a lunchtime option. Taste for yourself. The slow-roasted chicken, Mm. pico de gallo, purple cabbage, and new avocado verde salsa sauce. Okay! With new menu options like cantina chicken tacos, burrito, and quesadilla, there's something for everyone. With this new cantina chicken menu, the possibilities are endless. Try the new cantina Tina Chicken Menu at Taco Bell. Canva presentations might be the most visually impressive presentations you'll ever use. Start with a stunning template, use it as a springboard for your design, add images, graphics, charts, and data visualizations from the massive media library. It's easy to wow any audience with Canva presentations. Canva presentations are perfect for any deck you want to design for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can nail their presentation with Canva presentations. Perfect, record, and share a talking presentation for people to watch on their own time. You'll appear in a video as a talking head on the slide, and it's the perfect solution if you can't be present in person or if time zones are tricky. Nail your next work presentation with Canva presentations at canva.com, designed for work. Las Culturistas is brought to you by the Forever Dog Podcast Network. Find us and other great podcasts at www.foreverdogpodcasts.com. And if you're loving what you're hearing, subscribe to us at Apple Podcasts. And while you're there, please write us a nice review and give us a five-star rating. Thank you all! Thank you all! Ding dong, Las Culturistas calling. And guess who has his own mic now? Wow. Hot so, engineer Will. Can you talk hey to everybody? Hi. <gasps> wow. It's. I said, this show is becoming a full experience. You, you were know? Gonna, I know what you're going to say. You were going to say this show becomes more and more Howard Stern by the episode. And shout out to Howard. Has, we love who Howard. Who listens. No. I mean, <laughs> but I will say shout out to Nick. To Nick. I was just on Howard Stern wrap-up show, and I want to say what's up to those folks. I had so much fun. Oh, and I just got dinner with Matteo Lane, previous guest of the wrap-up show. Yes. Oh, uh, he's his episodes and, are fabulous. And he was singing everybody's praises over there at, at Stern. They're he a great group. He loves you guys over there. We love you. They're an army of uh, great folks. Yes. And I will say um, I'm happy that we talked about that because it put me in a... A good place for a second. What do you mean? What do you? What are well, you talking about? Well, you know, Bowen, I should be flying high. You should be flying high. Because I should be flying high as the winner of culture. But, I was um, gonna say, but you... I'm not. I'm not flying high. I'm feeling what's, really. Um, what's going on? I can't believe we lost the real war, which is Taylor Swift. She she beat us. 
She put out an album that is still out. No, the jury's not out, bitch. And we have been texting about how it is a done deal, and this album is a full. It's not her best. It's not her best. It doesn't matter if it's her if it's not her best. It's still very good. Listen, I read an interview. I'm ashamed. I read an interview interview today with because basically she's she's pulling a Beyonce. She's not doing any interviews uh, for this album cycle. But bless. Her, her, uh, you know, go-to mu- music video director is Joseph Kahn. Yes, Joseph this, Kahn. This crazy-looking Korean Babadookish. Dude, Babadookish man <laughs> who is a visionary, whatever. But he was sort of, he's sort of been her mouthpiece this whole time. And he, I will say, I like came after her at Cold Tour for being like a pseudo-white supremacist. You did. You said, I don't think so, honey. ACLU. Enemy Taylor enemy Swift. Taylor Swift. <laughs> I think just her legal team is obviously very misguided, but... Joseph Kahn seemed to get, leave me with the impression that she is not an en- she's not the enemy. She's well, an enemy. I am bopping and swooping and stomping and twerking it's on a the good streets album. to this we one. We saw her at the SNL after party. Yes, we did. That was crazy. Um, That's anyway, wild. now look, we have another star guys- in our midst. <laughs> oh my god! And what? look at him. What? What? Go. Okay, you guys were at the SNL after party, but somehow only Dave Mazzoni got all up in that. I, because there's what a the long story. What the fuck was going on there's there? There's a long story. Are there you boys not resourceful? Story. I thought I trained you better than this. I? Fucking choreographers <laughs> getting in your no. way. No, no, no. Don't, <laughs> you, don't you call Dave don't you call a choreographer. Him that. He is so much more than mostly a choreographer. <laughs> um, no, listen. I would have felt like a sham yeah. if I had gone up there and took a picture with her. I would have felt like a sham. It would have because felt- I've talked so much shit, and so has Bo, and so have I. But I, I came up with the perfect thing to vote to have said to her. Like once, what would you have said, Bowen? I've been like, "Hi, are you the girl from the UPS trucks?" And we both would have laughed. We both would have laughed. She would have laughed. No, here, she would have found it funny. Oh my here god. Is my, here is my. I'm going to assert why Dave Mazzoni was able to go up to Taylor Swift, and the two of you were not confidence and looks. Uh, there's that. <laughs> I'm going to say that you guys fundamentally would approach that situation as colleagues and would be annoyed that she did not recognize you, like your collegial status and Dave Mazzoni is able because of looks and confidence to will, simply be a fan. Okay, here, here's what happened. There's some backstory to it, though. So, so, uh, so Matt and Dave met us at the after party. I was at the taping and we, I brushed shoulders with her and I, we made eye contact in these narrow halls of 8H. And oh I, my god! And I, I felt this. No, no, no! I'm just saying this. Stop! Matt's being an asshole. King of my heart. I felt. I felt this. I felt this look from her. I was <gasps> like, she. She knows I've talked shit about her. She knows, <laughs> but she absolutely does. That's wonderful. That is so wonderful. <laughs> I know that feeling so well. Why didn't somebody leverage Todrick Hall? Todrick okay, Hall was right there. Can I tell right you something? He was the whole reason why there was yeah. a picture even taken. So apparently, and God, I, I love Todrick Hall. I I will spill tea now. Yeah, here we go. Tea will be spilled. Here we go. So we were at the SNL after party. Taylor Swift famously performed as the musical guest. Todrick was there because Todrick, I guess, and Taylor are real IRL friends. Yes. And Todrick... What are those phone messages I need to understand? Oh, God, knows, you knows. know it's him gushing. All right, so... <laughs> so Todrick was kind of being like n- n- her keeper, in a sense. Like, he was like three steps behind her the whole time, like making sure she didn't spend too much time with one person. Like, you could tell, kind of tell if she wanted to move on, she'd kind of throw a look to Todrick and she, he, she'd be swept away. So... Todrick, I guess, is old friends with Ariel, Dave's boyfriend. boyfriend. So 
they were talking to Todrick almost immediately when we got there, and I was like, how the fuck do they know Todrick Hall? So that was their entry yes. point, and so then they kind of got swooped in, and they were sort of in this queue. So looks, confidence, ability to maintain a relationship. Yes, there absolutely. <laughs> At least Ariel. Those big, those are the big three. She did, she did, Taylor did set her martini down on our table, though, when she was taking the picture. And we looked at it, it was like a vodka martini with like a lemon twist. And we were like, that's Taylor Swift's drink. And I will say <laughs> this, I will say this, there's one more, of, there's one more other thing. Dave Masoni, when he oh met God. Taylor Swift, promoted our show at UCB East game show to her, described it, and said the words, you should come. He's a goddamn professional. He's a goddamn professional. So much respect. My Okay. The thing is, is wait, hold on. We don't even know who we this is. We have to introduce you just as a formality. We don't let's even go. know who this is. As a formality, let's introduce the guest. Matt, let's go through the credits, bitch. Let's go the credits. So, um, listen, you can hear him back. He has wrestled back the hosting duties from Louis Vertel. <laughs> I can't imagine he gave it away easily again. Got a little comfortable. Um, so of Pop Rocket. Our which drag the, mother. Our drag mother, yes. really. Um, this is one of the best podcasts. I mean, Bowen and I were on it when we were in L.A. We had such a blast. True, oh my, true intellectuals on that Seriously show. amazing. We felt like the true little dumb pieces of corn kernels that a, we are. I was an idiot, yeah. Um, yeah, you were. Uh, we talked about such emotionally and intellectually stimulating topics as the finale of Girls. Which was stimulating. <laughs> no, it was very stimulating. I didn't know it could be that stimulating, At but let me tell you. At least to nipples. Uh, yes. <laughs> so, so um, and obviously, the host of the amazing show on True TV, talk show, The Game Show. Making I its mean, return. Making its return. This is such a fun show, you guys. So and listen to me right <gasps> now. If you queers thought that the first time Tiffany Haddish told that story about the about Swamp the Tour. Swamp no, it, I saw it live <laughs> on the first episode of Talk Show the Game Show and I lost my mind. I was like, who is this person? Yeah. Tiffany what? Haddish bitch! And then she was on Girl's Trip. And In Girl's just Trip. the host of SNL. Wow. Truly a small world. Small world. It all goes back to Tiffany. A writer for the Mindy Project and really just cultural icon in our eyes. His name? Guy, Guy Branham. Branham. Good to be here. <laughs> Look, now, I, need to let's, go, let's I need to go back reassume. to my point, okay. which is, okay, yeah. so as somebody who has lived in L.A. for quite some time mm -hmm. and has had some downtimes in his career, like, the specter of being pet gay yeah. to famous women yes. has yeah. been presented. And there, there are just those moments. I spent one evening essentially being the pet gay to Rumor Willis as she was courting uh, Thank God, Zach Efron. Oh my God, uh, and it was <laughs> oh my God. just uh, like I'm. I was surprised I've not told you guys this story before because I love this story too much. We need to know. Uh, it essentially just comes down to he had gained like 30 pounds of muscle to do that movie where like Dear John or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the one where he was coming back from the war. He yes. was hot as fuck in that. I did not realize. Lucky one. I like was around him for like two hours before I realized it was Zach Efron, and it was <gasps> he started freestyle rapping. No, and was, no. He was like. Um, I can freestyle rap about anything. Give me a topic. And Rumor said oh Scooby-Doo. And then he freestyle rapped for five minutes and never mentioned anything remotely related to Scooby-Doo. Oh. And like at that point, I was like, because I was shit-faced. Yeah. And I was like, this might be Zac Efron. <laughs> and then I went. We were back at her place. And she like did the thing of like giving me the $100 bill to tip the driver and stuff like that, which were very much the like, you are my pet gay no. sort of mm -hmm, things. Mm -hmm. And then like... Zach Efron turned to me and was like, where do we make drinks? And I was like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> like, I'm not a concierge here. Jesus. Um, no, but it was also like, it was reasonable for him to expect that I was failing. The thing is, is I went in and I was like, I'm going to figure <laughs> out if this is Zach Efron or not. So then 
I asked him, where do you live? And he dodged. And then I said, mm. because I'm not unfamiliar with Zac Efron's Wikipedia page, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, said, are, I said, are you half Jewish? And he said, well, it's my dad's dad, so I'm like a third Jewish. Oh, my God. And I was like, that is someone who learned fractions on a soundstage. Yeah. <laughs> and that on a studio lot, honey. He, um, he, he learned his school in Orlando, Florida. Here's the thing. He did a Vogue 73 questions, and it was mask drag. It was like... <laughs> oh, like, I saw oh. that. Like, the night that I was with him, he just, like, he wanted to prove to you that he could take beer bottle tops off so hard that he just kept opening beer bottles when no one needed the beer. Oh, my God, what is... Oh, it's a, it's, it's a not constant even... need, to, exactly what you said, to but prove masculinity. Has, he speaks in that fake low voice. Yes. Has anyone done a good 73 questions other than Sarah Jessica Parker? Yes. Emma Stone did a good one. Emma really? Stone did a really good one. Nicole Kidman's was very Nicole Kidman, Nicole and I Kidman's loved it. Was good. I loved Reese Witherspoon's. It being very Nicole Kidman is true. I won't say that that makes it good. <laughs> no, uh, to me, as long as it's authentic... It is good. She ends but up on her ranch and by I, her stables. I hate when she pretends she's super Australian. Like, it's, I'm tired it of it. It definitely is on an Australian yes. ranch. Yeah. yeah. That's well, fine. Speaking of, that Taylor Swift one was very like, um, What advice I'm, would you give to a new singer? Get, get a good, a good lawyer. lawer. Get oh, a good terrible. lawyer. That'll sue the AC. That's that'll sue <laughs> a blog. Whatever. I what almost it, said the AC. Honestly, idea. whenever you see little peaks of her in that old Taylor. Yeah. Whenever you see little peaks of like what we know as Taylor now, which is like honestly I guess more of a real person in that she's like kind of a bitch. Um I want that. I though. kinda love it. I want I love I kinda love that she said get a good lawyer because you know what? That was her real answer. But you get okay, you guys cut your teeth on the faux virginity of people who are pretending to be super nice and now you are experiencing like business women. Yes. And I, yes. Which do you prefer? Businesswomen. Now, businesswomen. Yes. Yeah, because now I know it's, now I know too much. Um, uh, so two very talented comics in LA, uh, Tess Barker and uh, Barbara um, Barbara Gray, mm -hmm. have a podcast that is just about analyzing Britney Spears' uh, Instagram. <laughs> and the, my, my core problem- Dave Mazzoni just turned to sand. Yeah. <laughs> my core issue with Britney Spears is like I always want to know that it's a bitch who can take care of herself yeah and like she legally can't take care of right, herself right 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 I know I mean yeah that's uh, that's the thing is it's like now that now that I we have them literally putting themselves on Facebook live for 72 hours yeah it's like yeah sure like show us who you really fucking are yeah I, I think the media is too sensitive now for these people to keep up these ruses. I think that Taylor, it's convenient that Taylor Swift got called out when she did, because literally, I think in the last two or three years, she, you were able to keep up a veneer, whereas now you're not. Like, mm -hmm, I don't mm -hmm. think she could continue, she very clearly couldn't pr continue the princess thing. Yeah. And, because she was like a walking, breathing Disney princess. That was the whole brand. But that obviously couldn't continue and wasn't real. So now I it's hate like. Our I hate our fictions of young womanhood that yeah. are meant to soothe dads. Right. <laughs> Which was her whole thing. Which was her whole thing. There, I think it was on like The Verge or something. It was this gigantic essay that was, the title of it was just A Unified Theory on Taylor Swift, which is just reconciling both this like sweet, affable, likable side to her that was also like paired with this like cold, almost fascistic business person. Yeah, right. And like the parts that were fascinating were obviously the parts about her being this very cunning business What's person. What's real? She has this quote where she was, no, no, no. 
this is the first profile he ever done on her in Rolling Stone was she was baking cookies for her fans because they were over at the house listening. Do you know the story? No. She was baking cookies for her fans who were over at the house listening to cuts from her new album. And she pulls out this tray <laughs> of gorgeous looking cookies. And then she's so excited. She's about to go to the fridge to get the milk. She opens the fridge. There's no milk, but there is a bottle of half and half. And she goes, oh, wow. Mom did that. That wasn't me. Mom bought that. Or like, and it was supposed to convey this thing of like, she like, just as soon as the veneer cracks on like this perfect curated thing, it's like, it's like a fucking like, I don't, I don't watch Westworld, but it's like a, no, no, no. It's like, it's like, it's like a get out thing. It's, oh, I just saw get out. You need to see get out. I need to see get Um, out. It's like, it's like the flash is being like, sort of like the flash bulb is sort of going in her eye and she's like, oh, something, the matrix is off, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It was it was incredible. It's it's incredible. But, but here's the thing of however much we whine about being gay guys, like never having to have the full obligation of womanhood and like satisfying someone's expectations yes. of you. There's this British art historian who has the line, um, men act, women appear. Mm. And it is just mm. so devastating to sort of like understand what it is to try to be Taylor Swift when you have this obligation of appearing. Yeah, oh, my oh God. no, trust me, I I don't and en- I don't think I envy her. I think I envy like you know, obviously how much money she has, the fact that she can do whatever she wants, but also she can't. So now I'm listening to the new album, and it's got these, uh, you know, casual references to, like, we met up in a dive bar in the East Village. And I'm like, <laughs> no, you didn't. Yeah. No, you didn't. Because I went, we went to this after party the other, the other night, and it was like, she couldn't have been more, like, protected there. She but there mobbed. was still... Groups of people out, out. We were leaving the bar, and there was groups of people with reputation signs. I was like, "Oh shit, this never stops for yeah. you." That rumor that she was carried out in a fucking trunk. In a box. I was like, yeah. "In a box that <laughs> yeah, she yeah. got carried out of her apartment in a box." Yeah, the, there was no way that was true. But the fact that we live in a world where people were like entertaining that as real, like, "Well, she wanted to skip the fans, so she got carried out in a fucking box." That's her life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I am very much of the opinion that you never become that famous without inviting it upon yourself. No, yeah. Like there, she could be Carly J. Ray Jepsen if she wanted to be, mm-hmm. but she didn't. She wanted to be the princess of America, and this is what you get. Yep. Mm. She wanted to be the most powerful person in the world, and she is. And that honestly, that's what's crazy. But I will say, that mixed with, okay, I'm gonna be more of my real self is interesting to me because. Have you listened to the new album at all? No. Okay. So she's singing about getting fucked for the first time. Oh. She's singing about, uh, she's cursing for the first time, and she's being, uh, like, knowingly petty and bitchy for the first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas yeah, yeah. it was always like, fuck you, I'm the best, yeah. and it's because I'm righteous, and I know that at the end of the day, <laughs> I'm right. Like, But now it's like, oh, I fucked up because these are the mistakes I make, and it's a pattern, and I know that, but like... Uh, I think she's still on the, on the defensive for most of Definitely uh, on a lot of it. Like, she still is who she is, but there's shades of gray now. Pretending to be dark seems like it would be annoying. I have to listen. I I do love waiting for you guys. You have no idea. But on the podcast Lady to Lady, I did several years before Lemonade call The Coming of Lemonade. I refer to mm. it as the post-divorce album uh, because I under and overestimated Beyonce. Yes, yes, yes. yes but yes, like yes. having that actually come was just so like, oh God, you learned a lesson. You like, you hear, this is full of lessons 
that are on top of the astounding pop skills that you had before that. Yes. But I also want to say my favorite subgenre of songs mm-hmm. is songs where women talk about the female orgasm or just sort of oh, the, yeah. the idea of like nobody does it better, here you come again, but like um, son of a preacher man that are that sort of like deep and special relationship. Is here you come again about having an orgasm? Um, uh, yeah. It, like, you it's, can extrapolate no, to the it's, orgasm. No, it's about um, like... Uh, you're something up my mind and filling up my senses. It's like oh, wow. she's trying to get away from him. Talking but, about the Dolly Parton song, yes, Children. Um, it's I, I've had two drinks Here now. Here you I, come again. Yeah, but it's like, but it's it talking flat. about how his body is able to do things to her that nobody else's can. Oh wow! And so she can't filling get away. Filling up my senses. Filling up my senses. Yes. Filling up. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, is yeah. there a better description of an orgasm than filling up my senses? No, there isn't. Like it's a good lyrical. And that she's an amazing lyricist. That Dolly Parton. That Dolly. She did. Not right. Here you come again. <gasps> oh, you're what? right. You know what? Of, yes, that was one of, one of the few she didn't. One write. of the great stigmas that like rests upon me. <laughs> like why? Why I'm always distanced from hipster culture is that like. I like the Dolly Parton song that she didn't write. No, you know what oh, though? It was yeah, also that the- really discredits your hipster cred, guys. <laughs> well, no, I just mean it is. Look, it it's, is part of a. It is part of harmful. an enormous castle oh, of yeah. poppy sensibilities, like yes. that, that make me somebody sure. who doesn't care about your singer songwriter status. Yes, yes. I yes. want a Swedish computer to write all of your songs. Yeah, for because you. that was her quote unquote crossover song. That was her pop song. Here you come again. Yes, that was the first song that, was, that she. That was, that was her early, like 1989. Early, early days, it was, but she. Two had to cross over from country music yes. because she was country country. She like, was Grand, Grand Ole Opry. She was Grand Ole Opry, come on. Come on. And she had to, before she got to 9 to 5 and like being played on mainstream yes, yes, radio yes. and like being in films with Jane Fonda, you know, she was country country. Ugh. And she needed, and that song came at a time where she was trying to cross over to new fans. It okay. was. She's still sharp she, as attack. I in, love her. In many ways, the original Taylor Swift, because, you know, they say... Dolly Parton is hiding quite a bit. Of course. Oh, and you guys, like, you heard Rosie talking about Whitney, didn't you? Oh, yeah. Was this On Watch What Happens out? Live? But yes. everyone knew. But what did Rosie specifically say that was I revelatory? I hate saying everyone knew. You of all people, Bo and Yang, should they understand the persistent power of the closet. Okay, okay, okay. But the thing is, I read this. Do you want me to be truly? Do you want me to truly read now? Yeah. Truly read. How many times did you have to come out? <laughs> Gone twice. <laughs> I know. I'm just being an <laughs> asshole. I love what I have learned from you guys about this show. I feel like I could steal your mom's identity. Like I <laughs> My just mother? Yes. yes. What yeah. do I know about Bowen's mom? That she would have been the Surgeon General of China if she had stayed. <laughs> that is all. But <laughs> Katrina Clarides, like yeah, she's I mean, a, yeah, she's been revealed. I can trace her family back to Greece. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. I can't. I feel like I feel like I've picked up the same. This is the same sort of textured uh, story of, of guys sort of upbringing too, but it's just, I have no entry. I have no entry point into that. I've, I can't just walk up to Sacramento, like walk into your mom's house in Sacramento and be like, hello, I know so much about you. No one's allowed to walk into my mother's <laughs> home. <Yeah. okay? laughs> Bowen, you're insane. <laughs> whatever, whatever. Oh my God, speaking of, I text, I was one of the many fags that texted you right after I saw Lady Bird. I said, you have to go see it. it Did you? No, it, yes. It, it meant so much to me <laughs> that you did that. Uh, that movie, like, hit me hard. Oh, I yeah. didn't see like, it yet. I'm always last. Well, it was so it was good. fascinating because like um nobody ever talked about Sacramento ever and then other people comes out which is like very mm-hmm. set in Sacramento mm-hmm. and then Lady Bird which is even more Sacramento um and the, the the, that Greta Gerwig's reading of Sacramento is so deeply rooted in Joan Didion is like the smartest thing ever right, right, and right. the sort of like 
withholding class conscious practical mother that like it it just sort of really hit me hard and I immediately Mm -hmm. called my mom and started a fight with her (laughs) I just immediately called my mom and was like we're gonna fight for a while but but it was but it was comforting in a way no it was wonderful that movie is so funny it's so good (sighs) doesn't it make you a little bit mad that Greta Gerwig is able to a little bit yeah a little bit do everything yeah and it's you know I did a movie (laughs) with Greta Um, (laughs) wait was this no strings attached. No strings attached. Okay, I was going to say the movie I've done. Ah. Uh, Wait, I love your stories about that yes. movie. Oh yeah, well, um, we, can we get into that? We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it later. Um, Greta, she, she played one of Natalie Portman's friends. Oh yes. me and Mindy okay. Kaling. It was the three of us. Right, right, right. Um, it, that cast is fucking insane. insane. The yes. least interesting person in that cast is the male lead. Yes. <laughs> oh. What? I mean, what? No, he's terrible. He's a horrible person. <laughs> yeah. I hated working for him. Wow. The lowest point in my professional career was going from a situation where, after that movie, Ashton Kutcher was actively frightened of me. He was actively aware <laughs> yeah. that a conversation with me, and I never tried to make it happen. I was just trying to be as nice to the famous person as I could, right. and yeah. I couldn't help but accidentally point out ridiculously stupid things that he had said. <laughs> and we went from that to me having to work for his fucking production company for almost a year. I didn't know he had to work for him. It was so terrible because then he got to come, like when he's paying my rent, he gets to be big dog. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, that makes me sad. That makes me feel like Mila Kunis isn't cool. No, mm. I think she's wonderful. Like Demi Moore. She seems wonderful. D- you really want to believe it? I mean, <laughs> I love, I love a good. I, I learned English from the Price Is Right story. Yes, <laughs> it's I, Mila Kunis or or Cristela Alonso. Oh I just fucking love it. It's <laughs> we need that. Honestly, you know what made me think that Mila was actually a fucking gem? Well, the fact that you can feel you her can feel and all her and everything she does. Yes. Like she seems like she's the kind of actress who never plays far from herself because she probably can't. But also, like that's fine because we love. We got Jupiter Ascending Queens here. Are there any Jupiter Ascending Queens we, I here? Didn't, we didn't see it. Jupiter Ascending is so good. Is it, it good? No. <laughs> um, it is the most, like, it is. We pro- gotta smoke and watch that. It is profoundly yeah. about transness. It, like, if I had watched oh. it when I was, like, 11 or 12 years old, I would have fucking plotsed and yes. given my life to it. Kowski sisters. It's not good. No, but, yeah, I mean, Eddie Redmayne looks like the most beautiful woman in the world. But a fucking, a fucking original IP. I, like I give my life for yeah. an original yeah. IP. Same, same these days. Yeah. Still gagged for like when Star Wars comes out and everything, but gagged. Yeah. But here's what I was saying about Mila. In the end credits of Bad Moms, which I just watched again the other day, which we saw and we were with Sudi. We saw with Sudi, and we were gagged for Bad Moms. We love Bad Moms, and Catherine at the end Hart. when they're all talking with their moms. That made me really feel very close to all of them, and yes. I already have been a Christina Applegate stand since I, seven years old. I deeply, I have long maintained that a brunette Christina Applegate provides you with all of your Jennifer Aniston needs at half the cost. <laughs> oh um, but, my god, that's rule of culture number you. number three. <laughs> three. A brunette <laughs> Christina Applegate provides you with all the Jennifer Aniston needs at half the cost. There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly. Bubbly bursts. Refreshing bubbles, colorful bottles, and playful smiles galore. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible, and with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. 
Each sip adds a burst of fun to your day. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on all my favorite shows with. Yes, baby girl. And the resealable bottles makes them easy to take them on the go. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, too, keeping us feeling great all day long. Hey, try new Bubbly Burst. Hey, everybody. During the break, let's quickly talk about a couple things that are important to most people I know. Comfort and style. Crocs classic clogs and sandals have both covered. And when we're talking about style, we mean personal style. There's just so many colors and so many gibbets charms. You can dress up your Crocs to match your mood and to match your personality and to fit the occasion. I mean, ultimately, you can stand out from the crowd in a way that only you can because it's your personal style. And now let's talk about comfort. You know, it doesn't get better than the Crocs clogs and sandals when it comes to being comfortable. Style and comfort are usually a trade-off, but here they're a package deal. It's like you have cushions on your feet. Soft, stylish, personalized, colorful cushions. So why wait? Head over to Crocs.com today and experience the comfort and style of Crocs classic clogs and sandals for yourself. Your feet will thank you. Hey, Los Culturistas listeners, we're here to tell you that there's no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. It's easy. Just tap or click gift mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com, then answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And gift mode instantly gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. There's a lot of pressure around gifting. I usually have a hard time thinking of gift ideas for the birthdays of loved ones in my life. And sometimes I do get super stressed trying to find that perfect thing. Me too. But now with gift mode on Etsy, I can search hundreds of gifting personas and find so many incredible items. And I actually just found a custom chalk bag for the adventurer in my life who's into rock climbing. Not me. Now it's simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So... Whether you need a housewarming gift for the new homeowner in your life or a birthday present for the pickleballer in your life, Gift Mode has you covered. I'm not the pickleballer. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. When the music of Celine Dion makes sweet Canadian love with the Oscar-winning film Titanic, you get... Titanic, a campy, unhinged, chaotic night out. And what more could you ask for? Find out what really happened to Jack and Rose on that fateful night from Celine Dion's totally real and historically accurate perspective. Titanic is NYC's funniest night out. Plus, it's the winner of multiple awards, including the Las Culturistas Kimberly Akimbo Award for Best Indoor Live Performance. Titanic is a parody musical that answers the question of what really happened to Jack and Rose on that fateful night. Aboard the Titanic. My life was improved by seeing Titanic, so much so that I reached out to my best friend Bowen Yang to improve his life. And Bowen, did it succeed? It succeeded so much that I went four more times. So set sail with this kooky, crazy off-Broadway hit this season. Plus, if you get tickets six weeks in advance, you get 30% off. And that's on Titanic math, girlfriend. But seriously, who can wait that long? Go see it tomorrow. What are you waiting for? Get tickets today at titanicmusical.com. Jesus, guy. Um, I, okay. saw, I saw Bad Moms like across the way on an airplane. I was like, <laughs> what is that? And I have not let myself watch it because I love 
a mass market comedy so much, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. but I was not aware of it when it came out, and it makes me fear that it is going to be like not a, good. a simulation of a good broad comedy. I will tell you this: it's not as funny as Bridesmaids, but literally nothing is, and it's yeah. actually it's actually funny. It's right? actually funny, and um, or did you not like it? I liked it. No, we all liked we it. We all liked it. I um, I have to I have to point out this weird thing I have with Bad Moms. It's not a thing at all, but it was just something that like was a blip on my radar. I haven't heard this. Like all ch- like you lo- you watch the credits, the opening sort of packages, like three different Chinese production companies and like I'm like, "Oh, is this what Hollywood might be in like a decade or so?" is like a bunch of like Chinese, specifically Chinese production companies. Oh, wait, okay. what? Like, all these movies. All right, but also let me tell you. Like, not a bad like, thing. Uh, look, having one's ear to the ground in Los Angeles. There once was a time when I would say like, and having this be marketable in China or India, yes. like you would say that and they would be like, no, no, that doesn't matter, that doesn't matter. Oh, shit's a changing. Now it's wow. Shit's a changing. Um, and it is kind of interesting and exciting. Yeah. It's pretty great. Yeah. that I didn't realize that, that it was like, yeah, Chinese production companies that made that movie, and yeah, and and, and I sort of framed that as like a hang up. It's not a hang up at all. I'm just saying like this is a thing I'm noticing, and it starts with you know bad what? moms. I me. did notice <laughs> that I didn't recognize the production company. There was another. There's another movie that I saw. I think it might have been Baby Driver that also had all these 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 Chinese credits. How no, no, it was Edge of Seventeen. We have to talk about Haley Steinfeld. No, oh, we're wow, saving that no, for the, no, 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 no. We're saving that for the show. Oh no, but by we're going to talk about it right now. Do you read Chinese? I can't read the, yeah. the characters. I can read like maybe five percent of the characters, and they're all the simple. Because ones. that's a thing where like th- there's no acquiring skills. You just have to learn yeah. the characters individually, yep, right? Yep, yep. And then yeah. and just know their meanings paired with other characters. It's truly an insane language. Like I started to pick up Korean recently, and I was literally just really? like casual, and I got angry. I just picked up Korean. No, I started I to pick, pick up Korean. Up. I just started to like learn like the alphabet, and I was yeah. like, oh, the fact that there's a phonetic alphabet is yeah. so unfair. <laughs> I'm like. I, I was I was mad. I was like, oh, like my upbringing, learning this other language, like my quote unquote mother tongue or whatever, is like so much harder than the Korean kids in Denver, and they're and they're everywhere in Denver, um, who just like grew up speaking Korean and just like being able to read it so easily. And I was like, why? Like, why is that? Anyway, the the fact is they have a an alphabet. But um, Edge of Seventeen, all the like, huge Chinese. Yeah. Um, so Bowen referenced Edge of Seventeen recently as like one of those new coming age movies that's like actually good that even the critics pointed to and they said, hey, this is one to see. And I was interested because Haley Steinfeld is someone I've always been like mildly interested in after she got was it should she True get an Oscar Red. nomination she for True Grit? Yeah. Oscar nomination for that. And you know, in Pitch Perfect, and then she released interesting that uh, masturbation very song. much about masturbation song. Oh, um, love myself. I'm no, I don't need anybody we, else. Hey. We recently learned she's a Republican, right? Oh, that's what. How did you know? How this? did you know? What did did, what did are your Joel tell you? I forget. Louis Vertel oh. or one of you on I am. No, no, I no, 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 no. It must have been Louis then. It must have been Louis. Joel told us that he. We won't say how he knows, but confirm that she voted for Trump. Calabasas. Like the yeah, answer. Yeah, that she's sure, from Calabasas. Sure. The answer is just the West Valley. God. It is a different and magical place. And apparently so she ma- talked openly about it on the set of Pitch Perfect 3. About how she Jesus. was voting for Trump. And she's like barely Filipina. Also fucking Jewish, right? <laughs> like she's a Jew of color technically. Right. Filipino, like, Jewish, and a Trump. You know what, guy? It was me. It was me that said that. <laughs> oh my God. That's how 
wasted I am of like up here at all times. I was the one that said that to you. I was like, God, we have horrible news. Uh, <laughs> um, thank you for apprising me of that, Matt. Uh, I still have not seen Edge of Seventeen because there is a way that I will get like frightened of these things that could be something I enjoy greatly. Or just like super I'm the same disappointing. Way. I'm the same sure. way. Whenever there's like a big, I'm I'm like that with Get Out. I'm like that with Lady Bird yeah. right now. Whenever there's like a big thing that everyone's talking about, I'm oh, like, let Lady me take a second and I will see it. I still haven't. Se- no, I won't even say that. What? Come on, Get come out. on. I still haven't seen other people because I know I'm gonna enjoy it so much. And I know it's gonna affect yeah. me so deeply that I'll be out for in a week and but a half. But it's also one of the other fascinating things about it. Like is, my friends are in is it. Is just realizing how like the telling gay male stories is about Mm -hmm. silence in such significant ways that figuring out how to tell them is interesting. Brian Lauder in Slate Magazine, uh, or Slate, once said that he questioned whether it was possible to tell like emotionally relevant gay male stories without some element of fantasy to them. And I love that a great deal. Um, Wow. Because like other people is so, okay, I have to tell you. In other people, there is a moment where Jesse, what's his name, sits behind um, Molly Shannon Mm -hmm. while she puts on makeup and he talks to her while she is getting ready to go to this party that they're having at their house. And it was like a thing from my life that I had never seen represented in media that was like the, like, I hate. I have a passionate hatred of fucking representations of boys and their dogs or dads throwing footballs with their son. <laughs> Fuck you and your heteronormative nor- like like normality. But seeing this equivalent of that from my life, mm-hmm. I was just like wrecked. Wow, yeah, even yeah, you yeah. saying that I can like smell the hairspray. Dang. Yes, yes. Yeah. The most glamorous woman in the world is uh, your mom. C- Katrina Clarice. <laughs> she is. <laughs> She is, and you, and yeah, well, and specifically hairspray for you, just because of what your mom did or does. Yeah, I mean, we literally had a salon, a little salon. Did in she our do house. hair? Yeah, she's a hairdresser. Oh. We had a, it was like a gay boy's dream. We had like yes. a little salon in our house where she would have clients, and she'd work out of the house a couple days a week, and then she works in the shop as well, like one or two days a week. And uh, I would just have that room to do my hair in the morning. <laughs> oh, have you seen Call Me by Your Name yet, or have you? Like, That's I have what I was gonna bring up. I have yeah. not. Yeah. Have you read it? No. I'm reading it now, and I'm, I gotta say, I'm not fully on board yet with just the pacing of it, because I'm just like, they're, it's just tense staring. There, yeah. there, nothing has happened yet. Apparently, there's a peach scene that I'm supposed to be waiting yeah, for. Yeah, there sure is. <laughs> no, but I mean, that's the horrible thing about our stories, is that there is so much fear involved. Yes. That there's so much, like, pa- like pausing and everything. Um, it's It's, all of it is just waiting. That's, yeah, that's. That's part of like the gay narrative is just like some repression of oh, a moment. Sorry, I'm, like I was trying to remember the thing that, that I wanted to say, and it was this: that like when they made a movie version of The Handmaid's Tale, mm-hmm. it was terrible, mm-hmm. and when they made the TV version, it's great. Yeah, the difference is Vio. The difference is being inside of her head and realizing she's still a person like you. And I feel like with a with a novel, when you're dealing with long, tense looks, yep you're able to sort of like fill it up Henry James style yeah, with yeah, like yeah. what people, what's going on inside. But like when it's a fucking movie, like so frequently, look, my opinions on looking are very well recorded. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I like, I don't want this boring gay story where nothing no. happens and people are scared all the time. No, yeah, I don't yeah, need yeah. realism. Yes. We live it every fucking day. We're tired of it. 
So that's what it is. It's just every gay narrative needs some element of fantasy. Because... Well, give us some bombast. You know, I mean, come on. It's rule number 16 of culture. Give, give us, us some bombast. bombast. Come on. Guy, let's finally get to the question. No, yes. I feel like it's too late for that. I feel like we need to take a break because we're literally at the moment where oh, we need to take a break. Fine, and then fine, when, fine. When we get back, when we get back, bitch. Okay. That is when we have to ask Guy Branham the, uh, the you know, pinnacle question of this podcast and but because we've been having too much goddamn fun we're not gonna get there and in this he, has a, he says he has a question for us oh I can't he's wait for that gonna ask us something but before we get to our break yeah let's read a five star review we're gonna do this um, you know we're gonna try something out something a little <laughs> bit new these are some five star reviews from our uh Apple Podcasts page, guys. Please leave us a five-star review. In the hopes review. that you will leave us a five-star review, because you guys, uh, we want we want to, to be seen out there in the world. You know, get us out there. Help us get visible, honey. This is um, a review submitted by Ka with many exclamation points. Love that. Uh, the title of this review is Barbar. It's a reference to our Kristen Bartlett episode. Love you, um, Kristen. Five stars. This podcast regularly makes me laugh out loud. For a dead inside, black-souled monster like me. That's saying quite a bit. Ka. Well, thank you, Ka. And thank you for <laughs> submitting your review like a true bar bar bitch. Now, we, th- we love you so much. Let's cut to our break. We'll be right back with Guy Branham. Yes. And we're back with Guy. Now, sure are. And before we took the break, we, we did tease that we would ask this question. Let's ask the question. You ask it. So, um, Guy Branham, this is the question that we ask every guest that appears upon Las Culturistas. I'm entirely unfamiliar with that it. That happens upon I'm Las Culturistas. I'm not prepared for it in any way. <laughs> well, um, we'd like to ask you, what is the culture that, you know, it's the culture that when you, when you opened the door one day, there it was. You know, it was, it was a little package of culture, and it said, you picked it up and shook it from ear to ear, and you said, whatever's inside here, this is going to be what sets me on a journey. And that, that journey is culture. That this, journey is your individual culture. This is not your standard phrasing. No. Your standard phrasing is what made you realize culture is for you. Yes. And after having like parsed this question significantly to myself and trying to figure out what like where is the starting point? When do we say like mm-hmm. I, I jumped off the rails of conventional humanity? Mm. Uh, the answer that I had very much prepped that like what made me realize culture was for me was Deborah Jean Branham of Yuba City, California. Um, but since you have said what culture, I suppose I have to give you another answer. No, no, no. Well, you Deborah, give us whatever answer you no. want, honey. I will not be responsible for you listening back to this and saying, wow, I didn't represent myself culturally in the way that I would like. Let because the team. thing is, is that like, so many people do come here with like a concrete text. And when I was thinking about it, I thought a lot about um, <laughs> like uh, like Greek mythology I thought about a lot. I thought Beautiful. about the Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. But I also very significantly thought about like it used to be before cable mm-hmm. that old movies were shown on UHF stations in the summertime. Mm-hmm. Do you know anything about that? None of no. those words mean anything to you. I don't know. Right? What I don't know what a UHF. Okay, so there were there were stations that were your networks, uh-huh. your NBC, your ABC, your CBS. Yes. This is before Fox, mm-hmm. and then you would have like three other channels that were just like whatever the fuck they could put together. Uh-huh. Like it was where you watched your cartoons after school, um, and then during the summertime when there was not like network stuff being shown. The ones in Sacramento would show old movies, but because Such it was as, Sacramento, okay. they could not. They couldn't afford All About Eve. Like they couldn't <laughs> afford the Philadelphia Story. And so the two I will particularly say okay. are Arsenic and Old Lace. Okay. 
and Bell Book and Candle. I will say Arsenic and Old Lace does not hold up. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> what is Arsenic and Old it's Lace a Cary about? Grant, it's a Cary Grant movie. Who was, right? the, who like, was the woman? You're going to love the premise. Nobody. <laughs> oh, no. This guy lives in Brooklyn, and he goes to take his new bride to meet his two aunts. And <laughs> his two aunts uh, are serial murderers. They are putting what? they are putting poison. They get they get older bachelors and who they think are sad and then they like believe that they are humanely euthanizing them. And then they have his brother who believes he is Teddy Roosevelt bury them in the the basement. It's kind of like Get Out, though. Yes, it is. Wow, it's all that's sort of connecting back to Get Out. That's fun. No, I <laughs> I was actually thinking about it today because like uh, the original play was read as sort of like a commentary on the tension between America wanting to be so libertine and like our dark history. And I was sort of like, interesting. What is a racialized arsenic and old lace? That Get was fascinating. Out. Let's oh, no, no, step no. forward. Let's let's talk about Bell Book and Candle, okay? I'm not familiar. What okay. is Bell Book and Candle? Okay. So it's the mid 1950s. Kim Novak is a sassy witch who lives in the West Village. Oh, all right? I'm on board. I'm on board. Uh, uh, Jimmy She's St- a sassy witch. Jimmy, in the West Village. Jimmy Stewart lives in her building, and she finds out that he is engaged to the girl who was her bully at. Vassar or Radcliffe. <laughs> like it's we're talking about her uh, college bully from a seven sister school. Because <laughs> let us remember, most Ivy League schools did not let women in until the eighties. Yes, yes. Oh um, so she casts a spell, making him fall in love with her. It's a nineteen fifties movie, so in the end, she does realize that being in love is more important than being a witch, and it all falls apart and is terrible. But guys, the like witch culture is all sort of like. <laughs> like beatnik West Village underground bar like it's the coolest fucking thing you've ever seen yeah I need that and Kim Novak is just like never not being glorious and wearing capri pants like it's just I love it I love that she saunters like a cat every fucking moment Mm. Elsa Lanchester and Hermione Gingold who are like Hermione Gingold yes like it is just classic biddies and like as a child on like a sweaty sweaty uh, like Sacramento Valley like evening in the summertime was just like this is like raw glamour like to me my tribe to me like witchcraft and French braiding <laughs> felt like things that were just out of reach that all women understood. You oh, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So have you followed the like pop culture witches ever since? Are you a Stevie Nicks fan? Yes. Uh, I love pop culture witches. I hate when witches go away from us. I love when witches return to us. Yes. I feel that witches are very in. Witches are returning. I, like uh, We had long vampire period that I had no taste for. No, but also even True Blood, they had witches. Witches? No, I, I think witches have been a perennial sort of have had this perennial appeal for just since time immemorial. Um, I feel like witches have always been with us. Wouldn't you yeah. say? I would say. I don't think they ever went away. Uh, Bo and Yang. <laughs> like they ebb and flow along with everything else. Yeah, okay? you're, I think you're right. Female, agency, female <laughs> agency has its moments in pop culture and then they go away. Practical magic was a beautiful moment, but you point me to good witches of the early 2000s. I will. Uh, Sabrina. Sabrina. I don't know if that counts. It was Late from 90s. the nineties, wasn't it? I guess you're can right. Can I tell you guys? Can I tell you guys a spoiler from um, from Talk Show the Game Show? Sure. Season one point five. It's not technically a second season. Um, Melissa Joan Hart <gasps> and um, her and, husband and uh, Caroline Rain did the show <gasps> together. No. And it was just twin things of. In the middle of my interview, completely unprepped, I brought up an interview she did one time where she talked shit. 
at ABC for over-promoting Clueless, the TV show, and not Sabrina the Teenage Witch. And it was one of the most baller moments I've ever seen from her. And she, like, clearly loosened up when that happened. But then watching her compete against Caroline Ray was one of the most satisfying things. Talk about that. Okay, so what happened? What went down? Oh my God, wait, no, I guess, yeah, you gotta watch the show. I'm so mad we can't talk about it. That's all I want to know is how Melissa Joan Hart and Caroline Ray showed off, showed down. What about Anzelda? Oh, Beth Beth Broderick was not present. (laughs) She wasn't available. Oh. Wait, they were on the same episode? Yes. That's amazing. Can I pause? Unbelievable. Can I pause for a moment? Because I need to we need to properly discuss okay. the piece of culture that you guys have brought to me that oh. has meant the most to me. Right, this is the question okay. you wanted to ask us. Can, He's okay. come with a demand to the studio. Yes, well, can yes. we can we guess first? Is it no, sure? I don't I don't know. Guess, guess. I like I like gamifying anything. What piece of culture have we brought? That's to one of the rules of culture, <laughs> isn't it? You've gamify got to gamify anything. I gotta gamify that culture. Okay, um, what, what piece of culture? Gamify that experience. That experience. I, what, what piece of culture have we introduced to Guy that he has loved? That, I'm that's trying to think if he's, re- he's reached out any, about any particular Grey's thing. Anatomy? I have reached no. out not to you guys. What? Oh, my God. You know what? I give up. Okay, well, what is I it? I want to know. I want to know. Um, on an earlier episode of this podcast, you referred to two people as being, I believe you personally, Matt, Matt Rogers, referred to two people as being the finest sketch performers in New York. Do you remember it all? Oh my God. Sketch forms in New York? Was it Darcy and Michael? No. no. Uh, it's uh, Bryn and Maven. Oh <laughs> my God! Okay. <laughs> no. Oh. Yes. Okay, so, yep. Bryn and Maven McNerney. Oh my God. The, the parents are Beth Newell and Peter McNerney. You can follow them on Instagram, and they have glorious performer children. I Look, I, I do not give a shit about your dog. I don't care if your cat did something adorable. No, I don't care at all. I like myself a nice three-year-old. Yeah, makes me feel very, very creepy to be looking at the children of somebody I didn't know. So I like <laughs> said to Beth, hello, I'm just letting you know <laughs> your children are the greatest sketch performers in New York. <laughs> they are. And I, like, they are so fucking funny. They are. They are so, so great. And like, Bryn, like, I was trying to like figure it out today. And uh, like, he has instincts that are so innate. He's like, and he's it's just true. He's just such a character. He's just like a suave three year old, just yeah. suavely yeah. letting you know how it's going. And then, yeah. like, and then you go to Maven, who is that agent of chaos, and you never know what's going yeah, to happen. Yeah. And I have to tell you, the most exciting moment in my pop culture life in 2017 oh my God, was oh my an God. incident at the potty where he yep. was he was doing a little bit of like. Uh, Maven needs a timeout, and yeah. he's like very much like telling his little patter to his parents, trying to manipulate <laughs> things. And then Maven, who I did not know could speak, <laughs> screams no at him, and it was just like <laughs> shit. Oh, it's I a want game there, I want there to be like a reunion episode. <laughs> I know where, where Andy Cohen interviews yeah. everyone yeah. about that moment. Yeah. Honestly, he also had a really uh, sassy moment recently where. He said, um, I'm not, he was just like, he kept repeating, I'm not going to be nice to my friend or, or I'm going to, oh, no. we have to find Miss it. Emily says that hitting is okay. No, I'm yeah. going to hit my friend. I'm going to hit my friend. <laughs> oh my God. Bryn is on record. Oh, they were like, really? If we call your teacher, she's going to say hitting is okay. And she go, he goes, call her. <laughs> yeah. No, ask her. Like he's, I'm, I'm trying to think about what the, cause it's like, Classic comedy duo, yeah. and like he's a little bit Jennifer Saunders. Like, um, <laughs> oh my god, high praise indeed. <laughs> Wait, but, I'm trying to find it. You t- you keep talking. 
but just like he's like he's always got patter going and i love the, like it's it's so vaudeville that there's one who talks and talks too much and one who can't yeah. talk <laughs> yep oh well you have to follow um Beth peter Newell. mcnerney oh. at mcnen at m-i-c-n-e-n and then beth Hers is... And the thing is, you go to Beth for the short-form content, you go to Peter for the long-form wow. content. Beth Newell, B-E-T-H-N-E-W-L-L. All right, no, I have to find this Really quickly, one. I want to say Bryn has been, uh, has, has been documented uh, as saying the words, I don't think so, honey. No! Yeah. He did say, I don't <laughs> think so, honey. Wait, I, I'm going to pull that up. He did, he said it. Okay, he said hold on. It. Wait, what, what, what are you looking for specifically? I'm looking for... The comedy sensibilities of Peter and Beth are... Like their capabilities are so evident from the way they just know how much of them to capture and when to go to the other one. No, they're both amazing. They really are. It's the edit and the content in a perfect marriage. And oh god, yeah, you know what? I never realized that it was this vaudevillian thing of like one one doesn't speak and then one is always, always, always speaking, always talking. (laughs) Then Maven pours a beer on somebody. Oh my god. Maven I, <laughs> Maven, I thought it's interesting that you say Maven is sort of this agent of chaos because I feel like Maven is just the passive oh, here we go. witness to all this. Hating your friends. I mean, yeah. Um, you can hate your friends. Yeah. She said you can hate your friends. Yes. She said, um, somebody just said you can hate your friends. <gasps> no. I can hate my friends faster. I don't think she said that. I think she said no hitting your friends. Yes. She said that. Why? But Should we ask her on Monday? Should we ask her if she said that? Yes. My family is rather talk to me and my my friends. I'm going to hit my friends. <laughs> just oh. like, you know what? The conversation ends with a declarative sentence, not a response to anything that's been said. It's just, I'm done with this conversation. And just to refresh, the thesis of it was, I'm going to continue hitting <laughs> my, my friends. friends. But I will respond to your point, Bowen. Yes. Because, yes, for such a long time, Maven was a patsy. Yes. But, like, at, like her, as a younger child, her growing rage, <laughs> like, yeah. I just look forward to the forms that it takes. Also, <laughs> she's. Her mouth is always somewhat wet. There's probably <laughs> jelly on her somewhere. <laughs> her mouth I love is it. always. They're two amazing wet. kids. Yes, <laughs> they really are. I one time there was there were some early videos of Bryn. I was shocked at the comedic capability. I was like, "This is." How did you become aware of them? Because I'm good friends with the parents. So okay. I mean, yeah. But was it just you knew them through through uh, Anna we and do, Sudi? Or no, like, no, no. We do um, Story, Story Pirates, Pirates. Oh, okay. which is uh, a company that takes. Stories that kids write in no, class. No, I'm quite familiar with Story Pirates, make, okay? Well, it's for I the viewers, actors, okay, bitch? It's I not just for you. I know actors in Los Angeles. You know what? It's rule number 13 of culture, bitch. It's, it's not for just for, for you. <laughs> it's for the viewers. Now, Peter McNerney is... They turn them into pieces of theater. We take kids, yes. they write stories, we turn them into pieces of theater. Peter McNerney is the associate artistic director of this company. And my first contact with Bryn was when he was like six months old. He's on his high chair. And this was the first comedic moment that I think is on record is um, Peter Peter does like a little thing with his mouth and then Bryn copies him and does a like six months old and then Peter laughs and Bryn laughs and just I mean maybe there's no comedic thing there but the fact that he's able to repeat something back to his father oh my god get out it's amazing it's like it is wonderful what makes children 
like w- the things that hit them as laughter and I wonder how much of them are copied or how much of them are just sort of like two things that shouldn't go together are now happening. Yes, like, yes, yes. Which is comedy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Okay, let's let's have this conversation. Kids, yes or no? I would say for me no, because I feel like I would know now at twenty seven that I would want them at some point. Yeah. I because and you're I, at the height of your fertility. Exactly. I'm in my sexual prime. <laughs> By the way, the male sexual prime is 18 to 25, so that means we're all officially oh, we're out. out of it. Dang. Oh, well. Uh, yes. I, I was implying you were a woman. I wasn't trying in any way to comment <laughs> hey. on your male sexuality. No, I would um, be just entering my sexual prime, which is, of course, from 28 to 35. But the thing is, is like, it is nice that as a man you can have them whenever, but also you shouldn't have them whenever. No, I, well, I always kind of comfort myself. My dad had me when he was 35. And um, so that's always like, well, I have time. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, my, my parents were 18 and 19 when my sister was born. Hmm. And there is that like there's such weirdness around the fact that like they were never adults without children. Like oh. it is. It's really yeah, that's strange crazy. that those people can have children. My <laughs> grandmother was 17. 1955. Yeah, that's that was just how things worked. Yeah, it was mm. like that's what women are for. 17. Yeah, I can't imagine. Uh, I, I can't imagine either. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Roy Moore, he can. Oh, God. God. The Lost Culturistas <laughs> public yes. need a sense of healing God. after Culture. the trash talking that came around Culture Wars. Because God knows I loved Culture Wars mm-hmm. and I loved playing the game of hostility, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but there were times. Yeah, you were Team Bowen and it was really hurtful. No, I specifically took opposite sides on two different questions in ways that tore me up. <laughs> yes, yes, I took Ray Sani over um, Allison. Um, that was Allison, right? Uh, it was it Amanda Duarte. Was Amanda Duarte. And, 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 and then she got too sick to compete, and uh, so oh. Mitra Juhari, sweet Mitra, took her place. Yes, but, but. Probably because you said that. Yes. Um, but then you picked Sam over Dave. But then I took Sam over Dave. Why would you and ever do that? Tore me apart because Sam Tagger is just a well of chaos. I like. <laughs> I love. I love that the Brooklyn faggot comedy scene is rich enough that we can have. Uh, like absurdist of his skill level, but I love that he's still a gay comic enough that he can. I don't think so, honey, with the best of them. There you go. But not still not as well as Dave. <laughs> D- Sam has his foot in, in a bunch of has many feet, a bunch of legs and feet, and a bunch of different little territories and sensibilities and what have you, and he succeeds in all. All right, well, I would like to, I guess, come out and say that if anything that I said to You're you, You're exuding Bowen, all of this tension, by really the way. Really okay. hurt you? Uh-huh. If I ever hurt you in the trash talking of Culture War 2017, I apologize, because now I know I didn't need to say anything because I was going to fucking win the whole um, time. Can I just stupid, say, dumb can, can, bitch. Can I, just, can I just say... It was lovely to watch the process just to see, like, you've got all of your Long Island rage from all of those boys who were mean to you that is just, like, dying Mm. to come out in any moment. Uh, And Mm. I love that uh, process-oriented peacemaker Bowen Yang was always trying to explain (laughs) why things... Like, when you went into, well, the picks I made were me trying to avoid conflict. I was like, bitch, believe in your own posse. <laughs> yeah. no, that's I not- was offended on behalf he, of... He, he started making excuses day for... He Stop was like, it. oh, uh, you know... But it's why at the end of the day I was Team Bowen because it was like... Conflict yeah, because, avoidance and rules. Yeah, because <laughs> you know what? Like, I, I don't like it. I, I don't like this whole culture which is we don't want to root for people that want to win 
That's not. I what's wanted happening. to win, and guess what? I won again. I won again. I won Battle of the Divas. I won Culture War. I am so much better than you, and it is so <laughs> amazing for me. Matt, could you do yes. me a favor? <laughs> Shh. <laughs> Don't you shush me, is, because now I'm mad. The worst part of all of this is I that am better. It's yet another. It's yet another competition with which Matt will. Relitigate yes, for years but and I years do have to, to say I do I do very much appreciate like now I'm in. I have been in this business long enough that I fear for people I truly love and respect who do not believe in themselves to want to win at any cost and so I do <laughs> very much I do want to say one thing respect Drop, dropping a lot of this yes okay I want to say one thing yes literally I had people asking me like I was like who do you who are you rooting for. Like as like a joke, and they were like, "Well, I'm rooting for Bowen because I think that you'll take the loss a little bit better than Bowen." <laughs> I was like, "If you knew how little we actually cared, like we don't care who wins, we want to have a good fucking show, bitch. Also, we I, don't care who wins. I truly give no shits we that I lost. Don't care. But people were like, I guess they were believing the shit talk enough wow. where they were, and this is." Maybe we shouldn't be revealing this because we will should talk again. Like, we, we want will, you we to will. believe it and be in there with it. But, girl, we were okay. <laughs> there was no hurt feelings. And then that's when I realized, oh, no, I can't say the same things for the competitors. And I hope that none of the competitors <laughs> feel bad that they might have lost, a.k.a. lost around Because they all were amazing. No, like the when you guys were doing the breakdowns, I enjoyed that episode so much. <laughs> like, the backstory yeah, was, was so rich and beautiful. Mm. Um, but I was just, like... Uh, really were I have to say one thing about part one of Culture Wars okay. is like after you guys did the breakdowns of everyone I went back and I re-listened to uh, the, uh, these, Before these, the Storm uh, these young girls these young girls uh, yeah. which is uh, in my opinion possibly the greatest I don't think so honey that I has agree. ever been produced not by the two of you uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. and then just seeing Pat go down so <gasps> hard so hard sure. in that first round was really rough. And then to know what happened, which is that he hasn't listened to the second episode. He, you, yet. Haven't li- you haven't. You yet haven't. You haven't. To- you haven't posted it yet. How would I know? Well, at time the of this listeners, recording. At, at, at time of this release, it hasn't posted, and it is well known who wins culture. All right. Well, we basically just spoiled it. For I don't know. I don't. I don't want to. Don't. Don't you want to allow me to be a fan? Yes. Also. If you guys need to build a fantasy team website so hard before you do Culture Wars again, because... Maybe we'll go out to L.A. and do Culture Wars where I don't give a fuck if they get offended or not because I don't fucking know them. Like, Louis Rattel and I were talking about how much we need you guys to come and do Culture Wars. We want to come out there and do do it. it. We really do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think think we need to... What do you think about this? We need to start with the regular... 50 person? I don't think yes, so, honey. Yes. I think we just need to go out yes. there and do it. I don't think so. That honey. and then pick our and then and draft I, our Can best. I say something like from the bottom of my heart to both of you? Yes. Yeah. When I go to the Virgil or UCB mm. Sunset or wherever this actually takes place. Right. Uh, and I see just how packed the place is and then every faggot of note who was not booked for the show <laughs> is in the audience. God. I will be jealous. <laughs> I will be actively like... <sighs> They're so young and pretty that no one ever knew. Oh my god. You don't have, you ever. Don't you ever. You have a fucking TV Je- show. I know. We Je- submitted packets and were round. We submitted rejected. packets and didn't get. <laughs> don't you on tell the us the about show. jealousy. Um You told us he gave us hope. Uh, he gave us that's hope. because there was a packet that referenced Los Culturistas 
And I what? Ass- I assumed it was one of the two of you. No! And I was like, oh, this great packet is wonderful. Wait, what? Uh, someone, was there, someone, someone wrote a packet to your show and referenced Lost Culture. Yes, it was because <laughs> it was because fucking star Rashida Crockett, who did end up getting hired for my show, is a fucking <laughs> is a fucking research monster who like w- for every person had done like deep, deep research. Oh, my God. Uh, and I was and like, what did she, what was do you remember the reference? Oh, um, it was that Rachel Bloom had said on uh, oh this show God. that she loved peanut butter on toast for breakfast. <laughs> so it was a pitch for a game that was in some way about oh peanut God. butter on toast. The fact that we helped this person get a job in and, TV. And, and, and lay here penniless well, in New York City. Um, I, I will say that y- your shout outs on Pop Rocket gave us like the lasting boost that we like have been coasting oh, on oh, this whole time. Oh, no, I was totally at the gym, and a guy came up to me and said... I know his name is Nico. He's our, <laughs> he's our friend. Yes, and he was like, are you Guy? And I was like, yes. And he was like, I'm a huge fan of Lost Culturistas. And I was like, oh, and then he explained how he learned about it from my podcast, of which he did not mention <laughs> being a fan. <laughs> I and talked about how great you best. guys were at me. He presumed he's he his media diet is all podcasts. He listens to everyone. I'm sure he listens to Pop Rocket religiously. I have to say something. I like after the election, I had a hard not able to listen to podcasts in any way. Of course. Mm-hmm. And my recent uh, like car trip to Sacramento and Las Culturistas was my return to being able to listen to. Oh podcasts. my god, we were we were Christina Yang, Sandra O's character, catching a big fish after not being able to operate. Oh my god! I gave up before that happened. Uh, Yes, I do remember when she had like post-traumatic stress and couldn't operate. Yes, and then she caught a fish, and all of a sudden was better. Right. Um. No, I I wanted to say, guy, your shoutouts on Pop Rocket were, um, I think, they they were they were a moment for me because I had never heard someone so aptly describe me and Matt in such a simple way. You described me as well. You described Matt, of course, in his like. You know, he's a product of Long Island masculinity, and here he is now, and he's the biggest of all faggots now, which is glorious. Like, what a great 180. What a great heel turn. But Musical for me, theater faggots, yes, he said, yes, I, yes. I, I believe. And then um, for me, you described me as part someone, but part Crystal Carrington. And I was <laughs> like, oh, my God. Yeah. And I fucking died. Because you are, you are a fucking Joan. You're the Joan Collins to my Crystal. You're the Alexis. To my crystal. Oh, and guy, that was very nice of you to, to mention us. I I'm a big fan you. of the show. Glad to finally be here. Pissed off I was not able to be here for either Culture Wars or I Don't Think So Honey Live. It makes me angry, but also it will drive us to come out there. When will be a good time for us to come out there to Los Angeles? You tell us. Um, I mean, anytime. If you showed up, I mean... Like the danger, but also the magic of showing up splashily, splashily in February while everyone's <laughs> there for pilot season. Oh. oh, that would be a little fierce. That would be, be wait. But where should we do it though? Because I don't want. I want to. I want to do it at a good place. I mean, the thing is, is I do imagine this in my head. <laughs> um, <laughs> where, where, where? <laughs> like it's always been at the Virgil in my head, uh-huh. but I don't think that's big enough. Well, L.A. Lost Culturistas fans, you let us know in your five-star review on iTunes Look, where have, you want us to come. I have never been able to get the LA Gay and Lesbian Center to uh, oh to toss their theater, which is magnificent Yeah, and anything, but I haven't tried in a really long time. How many and, does it hold? Oh, that's a fucking theater. Oh, like, well, it's, then I get nervous about it. See, no, yeah, then that, then that makes me up. panic a You'll little bit. You'll be fine. Oh. I don't know. I don't know. Although Kotor was fun because it was a fucking warehouse. Villain 
it was crazy. Bowen and I walked in and we were like, no, yeah. this is insane. It was yeah. wild. It looked like it looked like uh, the kind of place where they they go on SVU and they're like, well, we found some part of her over here and some part of her over, over here. Or it's like a warehouse in a heist movie. Yeah. Shows yeah. of places like that are always the most fun. I, the thing I love most about Were Sam- you there? Mm-hmm. Well, fucking I Will. There, I'm sorry. Why weren't you there? What else did you have going on? God, what was I doing? Okay, well, then obviously it wasn't well, very good. Okay, well. You, were you doing traps? Were you doing traps? <laughs> no, no, I wasn't doing any traps. <laughs> what do you do instead of traps? What kind of things are you into? What, oh, what, what kind of music making am I into or, or what? I thought you said, I thought you were saying traps in, in the physical exercise. I was, I was. Yeah, right. oh. Tra- the trapezius muscle. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, as far as the the physical exercise bit, it's mostly stagehanding and downhill skateboarding are the things. Okay, I do okay. Well. And look, it's and it's doing it, it's it's doing you plenty of favors. Can well. I can I tell Thank you me. my opinion on on skateboarders? Yes. Yeah. Let the straight girls have them. Like it is no, very. No, I love it, a skateboard. I don't. I don't, I don't like them at all. And there are gay guys for whom that is true. Oh, it it's so real and masculine and all of that. Let let well, the straight girls have let them. Let him speak no, for let himself. Him speak. Let him well, speak. Uh, I'll just say that there is one gay downhill skateboarder out there who is a fantastic photographer and an amazing dude named Matthew Doubler. Okay, and Matthew. Uh, you should check him out. He's all over Instagram, all over the place. The guy is a fucking shredder. You should check him out. Listen, Honestly, for uh, I, do you think the gays will look up Matthew something? Dublin? Matthew uh, Dublin. It's Maxwell Doubler. Okay. Excuse Max- me, Maxwell not Doubler. Matt. Maxwell. Maxwell, Doubler. Maxwell Story Doubler. Can I say something Maxwell truly horrible? What? Yes. Uh, when Tim Murray did his I Don't Think So Honey about his bully from High Ohio. School. Which oh, yeah. you couldn't see this, but he was doing costume reveal on costume reveal on oh, costume reveal. really? Yeah, yeah you yeah, couldn't yeah. see it. But I did go on Facebook and find <gasps> his bully no. to figure out whether he was actually bald hot or not. And what, um, what's the verdict? Eh, not really. <laughs> I, I did that. I don't think I will look at this skateboarder. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Look, I think there's a sensitivity to them, really. But that's to the skateboarders. Me. To the skateboarders. They're Do you not... think skateboarding is an art or something? I don't. I don't have any opinion either way. I just. I. I. I remember many days, <coughs> halcyon days of watching these boys play Tony Hawk and just secretly pining for them. So you know, that's that's my thing. All right. Well, with that information, I think that it actually is time mm. to move on to I don't think so, honey. Okay. Now, are you ready? Do you do you have one? I've composed three <coughs> options. Oh, I would like yes. the two of you to look at them now and determine which one you would like oh. me to speak on. Oh, you want us to look at the can topics we, themselves. Yes. You know to... what? I don't want to. I think No, we'll... look at the topics. Look All at right, the topics. Fine, fine, fine. Can we read these aloud or no? Yes, oh, go for it. Okay. Well, okay. Mm, okay. Okay, okay, uh, okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. Okay, okay, okay. 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 Um, okay, sorry. We're just we're just I, reading these. The people. I think I would be most interested to hear this. Yeah, I love that. I think that's huge. I think I'd be most interested could, to hear that. This will change minds. But first, read to people what they are. All right. No. Okay. So the first one that we did not choose is the children have forgot. See, if this were the children have forgotten that segment, we could do this. The children have forgotten the gun in Betty Lou's handbag. You have no idea what that is. No, no I don't know what that is. I mean, it's the greatest Alfre Woodard vehicle of all <gasps> time. Okay, Alfred. I love Alfre Woodard, right. but I don't know that. Yeah, no, you don't because it's not available on streaming. <laughs> it's out of print on DVD. It is a print. gentle early 90s comedy where we said Penelope Ann Miller can totally be the front person for a movie, and we were wrong, but it is the <laughs> most watchable <laughs> film you will ever see. And part of me is like, somebody needs to get the IP to this and turn it into a musical because it would be so fun. Well, then how? Betty 
Betty, you've got to watch Betty it. Lou's handbag. Okay. Well, we'll buy our tickets. And All right, so this, this other next one, one is people who watch Will and Grace, but not Great News. Are you into Great News? I am a deep supporter of Great News. Great News is very, very funny. We're losing our Andrea Martin on difficult people. We I need know. to conserve our Andrea Martin. It's super, super funny. Like, it is goofy, and I, like, I, I deeply believe in funny sitcoms. Yes. And I think as, like, that we have raised this zombie, this revenant of Will and Grace, and it is good, and people are watching it, mm-hmm. and they're not investing in the funny comedies of today. Sure. Like, we're just going to end up in a world of Hulu's casual and Netflix's love, and we will <laughs> get what we deserve. Okay, yes, that's fair, and you know what? It, it has a friend of the pod, Naomi Perrigan, writes for it, and then Tina Fey plays a female Jack Donaghy. We mean, what else do you need? And Andrea Martin. Let's watch it. It sounds I'll, amazing. I'll get into it. I didn't know that Naomi wrote for it. That's yeah, amazing. That's what she's doing out there. Okay. Um, so then she's done two voices for it thus far. Oh, really? Okay. It's exciting. Little VO actress. You take this and you're gonna go last. Okay, and you, okay. the reveal will be in the actual. Okay. I don't think so, honey. Now, um, are you gonna go first or am I gonna go first? You should go because I truly don't know. I it's shocking know. that you never prepare. Okay. Well. All it's... right. Well, I'm just saying. I don't think so, honey. Bowen, that he never prepares because well, I don't think he's this... never once. Is this the official? And one? maybe th- no, it's not. But I'm also saying maybe it's why he consistently loses okay, we don't tournaments. Have to... All right, okay, all right. It hurts me when you do that. <laughs> well, I don't care that it does. Okay. Come it's to play. Indignant. Okay, here we go. This is Now Matt... I have a vicious I don't think so, honey. This is Matt Rogers' I don't think so, honey. His time starts now. I don't think so, honey, that Billy Eichner is too famous for us now. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, I'm sorry, but I don't want to go to my Instagram and you're hanging out with Colton Haynes, who also is not for us despite being one of us. <laughs> Billy. Wow. I'm sorry, but is difficult people being canceled because you were too famous for it? Oh! You all of a sudden are wearing really nice suits, being all sexy and handsome. It came out of nowhere, but I, and you know, I support it. All of a sudden, you are fucking Colton Haynes on American Horror Story, bitch. Seconds. That is very famous. That is very fancy. <laughs> All of a sudden, Billy Eichner is one of the fancy boys. We used to say, we should ask Billy Eichner to be on I Don't Think So Honey Live. And then I recently had to tell Bowen, no, the bitch is too fancy. <laughs> he is too seconds. fancy. He hangs out with Colton Haynes. Oh my God. All of a sudden, he has his high hair. He's giving you this like hot like 1950s retro sort of thing. Sleeves rolled seconds. up. Literally, Billy, come back to us. I don't think so, honey, till then. And that's one minute. You know what? Yeah, you're right. I think He, he is untouchable now. Well, he's he's become the person that he's made fun of. He's the abyss has stared back. He has. You know? But he, we love him still. He's wonderful. Uh he he did talk show the game show and was super, super sweet and super, super great. But I just want to say What I, a get nowadays. I look forward to playing this to a truly insufferable. 33-year-old Matt Rogers. Ah! Like, I, I, I look forward to, like, uh, again, the arms that your personal trainer has gotten for you. Um, <laughs> uh, and, the, the, like, the, the tense condescension that he'll give me. Oh, understanding, understanding that I'm, I might go for the gut about I knew you when, girl. And, like, he's praying that it doesn't happen. But he's still skating on top of condescension. Oh, Can my I God. He's going to toss me right aside. There, there is no way, bitch. Honestly, also, no, this is not going to happen. I'll tell you why it's not going to happen. Because they're going to go back to I don't think so, honey. And they're going to find me talking shit about all these celebrities. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to find that I talk shit about Ellen yeah. on episode three with Sudi. And they're going to be like, well, we can't book him on Ellen. <laughs> <laughs> I'll you never said, get famous. And I quote, and let, let me just re-quote this again oh for my the children. God. Ellen has lost all her edge. <laughs> she has lost her edge, I think. 
Yes, it's pathetic. Who like is she a comedian anymore? She I knows. say she's not. She's a haircut. She knows. No, oh, Ellen God. is so frustrating. She's an emoji. Let's, she's an emoji. <laughs> All right, here we go. I'm ready. You know what? I, I I'm semi prepared for, the, for okay, this. Bitch. Okay, bitch. I'm happy to hear that. All right, here we this go. This is Bowen Yang's. <laughs> I don't think so, honey. And time starts now. I don't think so, honey. Turtlenecks. My neck oh! is too short for you. And listen, I have friends who pull them off so well. Dave Mazzoni, professional oh, choreographer. So Dave Mazzoni <laughs> has the swan-like neck for it. My friend Matt over here has the neck for it. Mm. I don't have the neck for it. And you want to know what? You know what? You want to know why? I've proven this out today because I thought I was going to be bold and wear a new Uniqlo turtleneck that I that I bought this weekend and I wore it to work and I no matter how I cuffed it looked terrible I looked like a fucking oh my god I don't know I what what what, what even like a like a little pokemon I looked like a little diglet <laughs> I looked like a little diglet and I can't pull off turtlenecks and I if I can't have turtlenecks, then no one can. <laughs> I don't think so. Any turtlenecks? Why? Why should we cover up our necks? No one's giving hickeys anymore. There's no practical utilitarian purpose for them anymore, and I don't think we should have them in fashion. Outlaw Five turtlenecks. Uh, illegalized turtlenecks. <laughs> I say. I don't think so. Any fucking turtlenecks? You know what? Army Hammer wore one in a shoot, and he looked crazy in it. <laughs> turtlenecks. I don't think so, honey. <laughs> Oh I do. I feel like I can visually, really viscerally see visually, me, really viscerally. Me in a turtleneck? No, see Army Hammer in one as of very recently. Well, because yeah, he's doing all these interviews for Call Me by Your Name. Yeah, and he, and, he looks amazing. And that is the style now. These turtlenecks with the leather jacket over it and pattern pants. <laughs> Nico, he said he's coming to. I don't think so, honey. And I, he was concerned about being cold. And he said, but don't worry, I brought a bunch of turtlenecks. He'll settle down with some nice lawyer and you'll always be No, like, you can't no, have no, two no. lawyers. <laughs> you can't have two. Oh, is he? I swear He's a God, lawyer. Like, you guys, the best, like, the best people to be fans of your work are gay lawyers. Because it's <laughs> like, they got the money to show up uh -huh. and, like, the education to get the jokes. And it is, yeah. like... Okay. There you go. So there's this guy who listens to Pop Rocket whose name is Dimitri Portnoy. And he was like, well, if somebody else is going to post it, I guess I will. And he fucking wrote the brief that, like, all of the biggest First Amendment scholars in America, like, got him and some other lawyers to write a brief that was their opinion about the First Amendment for the Colorado bakery case. And it was just like... Mm -hmm. Fuck you! Like, <laughs> you, like you're writing Kathleen Sullivan's brief for her. Right. Like you're a goddamn superstar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why do you come to my show? But better that, better that than the reverse. Exactly. Which is these like gays who are the smartest people in the world who write for fucking Vulture and Slate and should be saving us from North Korea. Yes. But instead, they're writing about how. You know, Mercedes Ruel, did she really deserve the Oscar in 92? Uh, guys, I saw Torch Song Trilogy last night. Oh, my God. It and did you love it? It's great. It was so good. Yeah. And I have to say, um, a not great facelift has never fit more perfectly <laughs> on a character. <laughs> That's the second rave we've had for that show it's on this so program. It's so good. I just... Couldn't adore Michael Yuri more. Yeah, oh. and that's the second rave. Drew Drogi we had on last episode, yeah. and he raved up and down about yeah, yeah, yeah. about Michael Yuri. I want to get Michael Yuri on this show. He, I, that would be a great get. I think Michael Yuri's. I want to ask him about us. Ugly Betty. I want to ask him about Becky Newton. I want to ask him about 
Cocktails and Classics, with, which Drew was also um, on. Yeah. I have to say, I adore Becky Newton. I know that she's probably somewhere, like on a procedural or something. Yeah, where but is I she, know. though? Also, I need you guys to understand that uh, I was recurring on a multicam that Michael Yuri was on that was essentially died the week that I shot my first episode. No, no I hate yes. that. It was so You great. can't connect the dots that way. Can I tell you what we just auditioned for? What? Ballers on HBO. <laughs> Can you fucking imagine? Oh, we're going God. in for the same stuff this week. Yeah, all the same stuff. So sad. And it's ballers on HBO. We're, we're just in for the the well groomed assistant who has a twitch in his eye. Oh. Anyway, how did you do the twitch? Show me. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, you do. You go first. No, no, no. It wasn't even that. No, it wasn't even that bad. It was more. It was more like. It was like that. You guys, this is hard. <laughs> really well suited for podcasting. I believe podcasts I, are a visual <laughs> medium. It's, it's, I love it when you <laughs> it's rule of culture number 50. Podcasts, podcasts are, are a visual, visual medium. <laughs> they are. And literally, you have to give people something to wonder about. Okay, this is Guy Branham's. I don't think so, honey. And One of this three is the, options. the selected topic. Oh, and he has his yeah, beats he's, written now. He's ready to go. This is legend. I well, first of all, we should just stop. He and just say, gave his own book to Stank Face. He was like, <laughs> "Ready to go, bitch." This is. We, let's just say this is a huge moment. The, a lot of the listeners will be gagged just that this episode is even existing. Literally, so. honestly, this is. Well, we'll talk about it a after. Dream come true. Okay, go, this is Guy, Guy Branham's. I don't think so, honey. His time starts now. People who don't respect Pitbull, I don't think so, honey. <laughs> oh, oh, you love your cute little jokes. Oh, he dresses like a short grandpa. Oh, yes, I'll accept it. He is probably a Republican, but he is a pop machine. Yes. He makes jams. Yep. He has given us as much good as, like, he is worth five Spice Girls. Like, everything. Timber. Fucking fireball. Fucking, if you cannot respect a song called Sexy Beaches Hotels, you deserve to lose the ability to orgasm because you should not have the capacity oh my to no joy. Your hate is rooted in his failure to provide you with the symbols of culture that you understand. If he were giving you standard like black hip hop guy, you would have his face tattooed on your thigh. But because he dresses like a small business owner from Palm Beach, you're like, no, I cannot, I cannot deal with it. When, uh, when, um. Fucking Priyanka Chopra was making her oh jump God. over to America. Who took care of her? It was Miss Rose oh and Mr. God. Rose. Why? Oh you God. think you are better than Pitbull, but I do not think so, honey. Oh, that's one minute. Wow, hot engineer Will just lived his life. You love one, Pitbull? That that one fucking made my day. That oh was my awesome. God. That's the best one I've heard yet. That's one for the bucks. Wow, that oh was great. God. You know what? Tonight, I'm going to go home, and before I shut my eyes, I'm going to say, Dale. And you know what? I, time of my life. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, look. Can I just say, those Priyanka Chopra songs are not good, but are wonderful. What are you talking about? What are you talking I, about? I'm talking about exotic. I'm talking about in my city. Are they about Priyanka? Yeah, like they are all sort of like thematically, like in my city. He's talking about Miami, and she is talking about Mumbai. Um, she like, sings on it. Singing? Yes. And the thing oh, is, what? she doesn't oh, sing in her own movies. Uh. Also. I just need to say this to you and to everyone listening. Okay. Yes. Culturally. Yes. Bollywood, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry, is possibly the best romantic comedy I have ever seen. Okay. I will buy it for both of you on iTunes. It is three hours long, five musical numbers. As all Bollywood movies it's are. It's almost entirely in English, and it is the most fun rom-com like gay rom com with like one legit hot guy. It's literally just called I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. No, but it's, it's a called Dostana. <laughs> it means friendship. But it's they have to pretend to Dostana. be gay to get an apartment. 
Uh, That's fine. And a, a very layered hair Priyanka Chopra is the girl who couldn't live with two straight guys. Ah, <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. You need know what? I, Bollywood has been a blind spot in culture for me. And I need to, you know what? Yeah, I, I need to get into Bollywood, I think. And I think Matt is going to be my partner in this. Because yeah. I'm just now getting, I'm such a late arrival on K-pop. But I love it I now. have a, Brandon Scott Jones um, just did a movie with, Priyanka, yes. as you were in it as well. Yes, yes. Oh, and, whoa, you were in a movie with Priyanka Chopra? Well, I mean, we didn't share a scene, but I was at the Taylor with her. She was gorgeous. Oh uh, he said, prettier in person. Yes, yes, yes. No. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Isn't that shocking? Yeah. Um, okay, so what did Priyanka right, so tell you? Scott Jen said that he did have some scenes with Priyanka. Yes, yes. And, like, she was pulling up a video of, like, her dancing or something. <laughs> And he was like, oh, I didn't know you could dance. Oh, and my then God. she was like, yeah, I'm a huge fucking Bollywood star. <laughs> Wait, she said it like that. <laughs> Something like, like that. Something the, like the that. The fact That's that they demand, they demand choreography out of all their fucking stars yes. is the best. And you so get Dave Mazzoni over there. It's old Hollywood. He's a professional. Yeah. Okay, um, guy, speaking of it, because I love when, because, okay, we haven't, we haven't listened to you on Pop Rocket for a while. What are your jams? What, oh, like, yeah, tell us some tell, jams. Tell, tell us what, some are you, jams. what are you hitting the... Like streets hard for. I, I mean, uh, like these days, I am very much all about Lady Bird. It gave me life okay. and jams pies. It's just a lot of pitbull, you guys. <laughs> like it, There's really, no way. it really is. <gasps> it's celebrate. It's sexy beaches, hotels. It is fireball. Let it me. Is how about this? We're gonna name some things, and you tell us if they're your jam. Okay. Uh, well, you go as an example. Um, pink. <laughs> oh, it is my jam in all of its form, both as color and human being. <laughs> okay. Um. Demi Lovato, new Demi Lovato. Uh, yes, okay. definitely my jam. Great. Um, Louis Fertel, a new host of Pop Rocket. <laughs> I mean, I hate that it's like every time I like see on Twitter that people are like quoting something glorious that he put together. I'm like, oh, God, are they even gonna <laughs> let me back? So yes, it is my jam. Okay. Um, and I, I'll ask this because I'm surprised Matt hasn't. Kelly, new Kelly. I haven't listened. Okay. Uh, well, that's all we had time today for Guy. Um, oh, no. When I associated you with Kelly Clarkson before, like one time incidentally in conversation, I implied you might like her, and you prickled so hard with no, that's not no, the No, no, no. Yes, you did. That You were very, that's not the entirety of my identity. Well, <laughs> it's not, but I do love, and also I feel literally the entire episode of Wrap Up Show that I was on over at Stern was because Kelly Clarkson was on that day, oh, wow. and I did, the, I was the Kelly Clarkson expert. Yes. That was why I was booked. Yeah. Like, but I also will say I'm almost a little upset that we did all that shit. We talked about Taylor so much, and I have not had a chance to sit here and tell the listeners of Lost Culturistas that I am personally offended and disappointed if you all haven't streamed Meaning of Life or bought Kelly Clarkson's album Meaning of Life on iTunes or streamed it on Spotify because it is so fucking good. There are some tracks on it which are so amazing. She sounds so much better than she ever has, which is crazy to even say. Yes. But it's the first time she sounded alive and awake in her music and not bored. And I'm so happy. The new album is so good. It's and also, good. it's been such a good time, good season for female pop releases yes, yes. because Taylor is very good. The Demi Lovato album is really good. Excellent, excellent. The, I haven't really gotten through the Pink album, but I know that what I've heard is good. And the Kelly album is, oh my God, it's so amazing. I'll say the only one that I can't really get into is Miley. Oh, sure. Younger I, now. Um, I can't I get into that album. Listen to, to a couple of tracks. Um, but yeah. But it's a good time for the ladies. Sure, there you go. Um, well, anyway, but this is what I what I was getting at earlier before Guy started. Is I don't think so, honey. Yeah. This um this is a huge this is such a pleasure. We love you so much. 
Thank you for doing the truly. Thank you so much for making the show. Thank you for making me aware of so many delightful people who I would have not known before. Honestly, it's a love fest here at Las Culturistas, and that is feels really good after all the bloodletting that we've had. Mm-hmm. Um, we love Guy Branham. We love you listening. We love, you know, Hot Engineer Will. Yes. And we're so happy he has his own mic. Say goodbye. Oh, thanks, guys. Goodbye, everyone. Well, goodbye, Bowen. Um, goodbye, goodbye, Matt. Goodbye. goodbye. Oh, we, we must close off. I guess as we, we should do. we should sing our song called Goodbye. 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 Oh, goodbye, goodbye, my friend, (laughs) goodbye. Hey, 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 goodbye. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram, at Forever Dog Team, and liking our page on Facebook. There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. It's bursting with fruit flavor, no added sugar, and all smiles. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible. And with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on my favorite shows with. Yes, Lil Bowen. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, keeping me feeling great all day long. You deserve that. Try new bubbly bursts. You know that I feel like it's really important to express yourself. I know that about you. You got to put your true self out there, okay? And those classic Crocs, clogs, and sandals let you do just that. Between the rainbow of colors and the gibbets charms, you can create a unique look. And I mean, literally, no one else will have shoes exactly like yours. Hey, you know, it doesn't get more comfortable than Crocs, clogs, and sandals. They're just the perfect blend of comfort. And creativity. Visit crocs.com to explore the latest styles and gibbets charms. When the music of Celine Dion makes sweet Canadian love with the Oscar-winning film Titanic, you get Titanique, a campy, unhinged, chaotic night out. Find out what really happened to Jack and Rose on that fateful night from Celine Dion's totally real and historically accurate perspective. Some say Titanic is the best gay nightclub in the city, and those people are me. And me. So set sail with this kooky, crazy off-Broadway hit and get tickets today at titanicmusical.com. Get tickets today at titanicmusical.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.